Today is Trinity Sunday, a day in the Christian calendar where all believers throughout the whole world are encouraged to think about the nature of the God whom we serve and love. We worship one God who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, and of course that idea is completely mind-bending. How can one God be equally three persons? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I do like the uh, picture, the icon that we have on the on the screen, um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And actually, there's a space waiting for us um, on the on the side of the table that's uh, facing us. So it's a very famous icon, that one. But we can tie ourselves up in knots trying to understand how that can be. We can come up with various analogies to help us. But in the end, every analogy falls short of the reality of God. And we end up no nearer the truth and perhaps even more confused. But perhaps Trinity Sunday should be easier than that. Perhaps instead of trying to work out how God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we should concentrate instead on the wonderful, wonderful fact that this is how we experience God. At the end of the day, it's not the doctrine of the Holy Trinity that's the most important thing when we're considering these questions. What is important is how we, you and I, experience God in our life. And it is that experience of God that we hold on to in faith. And it is that experience of God that we're asked to share with other people so that, we, so that they can experience God for themselves. So Holy Trinity is, uh, so sorry, so Trinity Sunday is a day not to be tied up in theological knots, but a day to celebrate our experience of God in our everyday lives. In other words, how we think and how we feel about God. The passage that we've heard read from John's Gospel this morning is a perfect example of someone making exactly that transition. Nicodemus was struggling to understand the exact nature of Jesus and his relationship to God the Father. But Jesus turns the conversation into one about how Nicodemus can experience God, which is far more important. And here I want to deal with an idea prominent in some churches that has caused a lot of division. It's that famous verse from this passage, John 3, verse 3, which has been um, interpreted as, you must be born again. Sometimes we may hear the phrase, I am a born again Christian. It's a phrase you will either love or hate, but what does it mean? Generally, it is referred to an instantaneous moment of conversion, usually accompanied by an intense emotional experience, which is the sign of having truly accepted Christ as Saviour. This kind of creates a two-tier system, Christians who are baptised and Christians who are filled with the Spirit through being born again. There's only one problem with the second baptism, in John Three, verse 3, Jesus actually doesn't say you must be born again. What he says is, if someone is not born from above, they are not able to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the night to have a chat with him. 
And Nicodemus is only mentioned in the Gospel of John, but he's a central character in the narrative. Nicodemus was a Jewish leader, a Pharisee, and he comes to Jesus here in chapter 3, having seen the miracles of Jesus, but unsure what to make of them. And in chapter 7, we meet Nicodemus again, as he tells the other Jewish leaders to give Jesus a fair hearing. And we meet him again in chapter 19, when he comes with Joseph of Arimathea to collect Jesus' body for burial. It seems that John gives us the story of Nicodemus to represent those who are on the edge of the Jesus event, seeing all that he does, but not quite able to make up their minds and don't quite make a public commitment to Jesus. And what does Nicodemus say about Jesus in verse 2? He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Again, there is respect there. He calls Jesus rabbi. He even recognises the special nature of Jesus' ministry. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God. And yet Jesus knows Nicodemus's heart, and he knows that respect and affection and partial rational understanding is actually not enough. If someone is not born from above, they are not able to see the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? I think there are three things to be considered here. One, it is not enough to be a religious observer. Nicodemus knew the ministry of Jesus. He'd listened to the teaching. He had seen the miracles. But according to Jesus, he had not seen the kingdom of God. And the reason, quite simply, is because Christianity is not an observer event. It is a way of living. It is a way about being with God. Seeing Christian events from a human perspective is not enough. What is needed is new life and new sight born from above. The kingdom of God is not a phenomenon to be considered. And observed. It is a gift to be received. And that is why in verse 5, Jesus changes his answer slightly. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. First time he said, no one can see the kingdom. Now he qualifies that. No one can enter the kingdom except by water and spirit. What does Jesus mean by that? Well, this is my second point. We are called to active participation in the church. As Christians, we're called to participate actively in the life of the church. And, as, and it is this that Jesus refers to when he mentions water, which is, of course, the water of baptism. When we are baptised, we're baptised into the family of the church, and just as each family member in the domestic home has something to offer, that family unit, in the same way, each baptised believer is encouraged to find their place through participating in our family in the church. The greatest gift we have to offer one another as Christians 
is being here to celebrate together the love of God for us as a family. And the third point Jesus is raising with Nicodemus here about what it means to be born from above is simply this, that we are participants in the resurrection of Jesus. No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. The spirit, of course, is the Holy Spirit. But what is interesting is that this pass- in this passage is Jesus' response to Nicodemus when he seems not to understand. In verse 9, Nicodemus says, How can these things be? And Jesus is really short and a little terse with him in verse 10. Are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not know and understand these things? And Jesus is short with Nicodemus because as a Pharisee learned in the scriptures, his mind should have gone immediately to Ezekiel 37 verse 5. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord to you. I will cause the spirit to enter you and you shall live. I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put the spirit in you and you shall live. So this reference to being born from above is a reference to the resurrection, which is promised to us as a result of us being united with Christ in his resurrection. It is the lifting up of Jesus on the cross that is the source of our salvation. It is the resurrection of Jesus that is the source of new life. And as Paul says, if we are united with Christ in his death, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. So it's important that we claim this verse from those who have misinterpreted and misused it down through history. What must I do to be saved? You must be born again. That is not what this verse is saying. It is not the basis for creating two tiers, tier one and two tier, and tier two Christians. It is not saying that infant baptism needs redoing as an, as an adult. It is not saying that we need to be baptised in the spirit as a conclusive event after being converted to God. It's not saying that this new state of being must be evidenced by speaking in tongues. It is much more simple than that. Unless you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Here we learn from John's gospel that as Christians, we are not to be just observers. We are to be participants. To participate in the life of the church to participate in the resurrection of Jesus, who died for us, for every one of us, to live our lives with God at the centre of everything we do. Being born from above is a radical transformation that brings newness to how we live and participate as Christians, followers of Jesus, each and every day of our life. It is what we share with others when we leave here today as we go in peace to love and serve the Lord that really matters. And to God be the glory. Amen.